All right. We got some uh, Twitter questions that we want to get to. David Miller, thanks so much for listening, David. We have a great goalie, but he was drafted late in the first round. If I remember right, that was the first one taken. You are correct. Uh, if they are so valuable, why aren't they drafted high like QBs and pitchers? Just curious. It is a good question, Sean. Hold on. You cut you. I think we actually cut out there for a second. Say that one more time. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. He is wondering um, would Jake Ottinger be taken in the first round and his value, if they are so valuable, why aren't goalies drafted high like QBs and pitchers? Well, I mean, for every Jake Ottinger, for every success story, I mean, it's like, look where, look where goalies are drafted. And you look at the history goaltending is, I, I get the QBs and pitchers comparison because it's actually one of the best comparisons from a positional standpoint. They both have their very specialized individual coaches, everything like that. Um, obviously control the game in ways that really QBs and pitchers do, but goalies are, they don't mature. Um, they, they all are very, Goalies are goalies are voodoo is kind of the quote unquote, is the quote unquote line we sometimes hear where where uh, and we see for all of for every Ottinger for every Vasilevsky that gets taken in the first round we see situations Dallas saw firsthand we saw what happened with Jack Campbell we see um, the amount of goalie prospects the Stars have had that have not panned out the Phil DeRosiers the Colton Points um, yeah the you're not it truly is a gamble and a crapshoot and you when it comes to making value picks in the first round especially with how good scouting is across the across every nhl team now you want to make sure your first round pick is a player um and with a goalie you're buying scratch off tickets with skaters. You're in most of the case. Now you're not doing that first round skaters. You know, that guy is going to play in the NHL. Um, and that's really one of the biggest reasons. So for a goalie to clear to, for a goalie to go from being a, a scratch off ticket where you don't know to being a sure thing, they really have to be a special prospect. That's why they're not. That's why, that's why the first round goalie is such a rare thing. Um, and it's why, when there is one, there's usually maybe one in the draft class, which is why Dallas, when Ottinger was in Ottinger's draft, it's the reason Dallas traded up to get him. Um, because like, um, it's, it's, it's really a position that also matures at a different way too. It's, 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 it's something that is, I think pitchers and quarterbacks, um, pitchers, you have you're throwing a baseball and obviously you're going to have a higher level of competition when you go pro and i don't know everything about baseball pitchers so anyone who's if i apologize to anyone if i'm if i'm insulting any of the profession but baseball pitchers at least i feel like there's more of a control factor of we know that this success will translate where goaltending success we it's harder to also determine whether that's going to translate to the pro level. I was going to think of an answer in 2017, 2018, I believe 
Uh, Jake Ottinger played for Team USA in the World Juniors. He did not start. He was not the mm-hmm. main goalie. Um, and I believe on Canada's side was, at that time, Stars goalie prospect Colton Point, who you mentioned. So I yep. uh, thought that was interesting. Um, because I, I remember those world juniors and I remember, you know, wanting Jake Ottinger to get in there and he wasn't the primary goaltender. So it just shows that you're right. Some develop and, uh, and some don't, some don't, but a very good question and, uh, really appreciate that. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's see, B R M J at B R M J 99. Why do you think the fourth line played so well tonight? Playoff Radic Fox, Sean. Yep is one of my favorites regular season Radic Fox grinds on me. <laughs> and I don't know if, you know, the quote unquote, the ice gets smaller in the playoffs. I, what he showed tonight and just the tenacity in these games. And I was really happy that he got that empty netter. Yeah. By the way, sidebar, not to get off. If that, puck doesn't go in sean do they automatically call it a goal because if you watch the replay i believe Jaden schwartz throws his stick to try to stop the puck i i hope they would have done it because that would have been yeah. the right thing and it's definitely okay. something that i, think I don't know stars, if, i don't know if people yeah, pick that up yeah i i think it would have i i hope they would have i now luckily we don't have to we don't have to worry about that so <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I think Fox was, I mean, for me with, with Fox's game, there's been a, and he, they played together in the regular season. So it's, it's, it's not the, it's not the, it, it doesn't excuse the regular season, but like, I think there's playoff Fox and then I think, Luke Lindenning also hits another has also hit another level yep. in the yep. playoffs too. And I think those two have pushed each other quite a bit. And uh, I mean, it's the other thing too, is like, it's the, that, that pair is, has become downright annoying to play with. And they, they played with a couple different wingers based off injury and things like that. But those two together have formed a really good little tandem on that line. Yeah, I agree with you. Luke, Luke Glenn Denning, you know, he's one of those wily vets that seems to be able to, like many can, just uh, just turn it up a not, notch. Uh, Ronald at Scantron Ron. Good uh, username. The eye test shows Yanni Hockenpah struggled tonight. What were your guys' thoughts on his play? I thought he was okay. I didn't I didn't see anything. I mean, what did you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, I thought he – I said earlier, I thought Hockenpah yeah. was – I thought he was – I thought he had a good Yanni Hockenpah game. Yeah. He didn't really – he didn't – he didn't do too much offensively, but you never really expect much from offensively. And he was out there for more positive things than negative. And I thought his energy, I thought, as I said, I said this earlier, I thought not playing game five, he looked, he, he didn't look as slow. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Billy at Mr. O nine Bray 74. When will opposing teams stop concentrating on robo or better question? When will they get tired of rope and Pav scoring? I mean, you know, the reality is, is I think you have to concentrate on the whole line. It's not just one person because, you know, if you concentrate on Robo, you're going to open up hints and Pavelski. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I'd answer the question. I was just glad to see Robo back in the mix. I agree with you, Sean, even when that top line wasn't scoring, I thought he was skating. Well, what I saw out of Robertson 
that you mentioned so eloquently on that last podcast that we did was the pause in Robertson. Um, you know, and tonight I kind of saw that and I was like, Oh wow, that's a great point by Sean bringing that up because I I could tell that it's almost like it was a breath of fresh air for Robertson and he was just playing Jason Robertson hockey. He was. And like, as one of the things, one of my pet projects from the playoffs has been just looking at, at zone entries. Right. And one of the things about Robertson tonight, just if you want like a micro stat example of how things went like in the first period in the first period tonight uh jason robertson had jason robertson was part of individually was responsible for four zone entries where they were just dump-ins after that the rest of the night uh he was personally responsible for for hold on i get my numbers here four four entries for the rest of the night all all four, three of those where he was carrying the puck in with possession, another one where he was on the receiving end of a passing play in. Like, it's just, if you want like a little micro example of a game of him getting stronger as the game went on and him doing things that we haven't seen him do early in the series, it's, it's little things like that. And I'm sure if we could get some of the other data that, that would, it's impossible to track, we'd see some of that other stuff too. I mean, it's, I, I really like if you're if you're a Stars fan, this is really you look at this as the turning point of like, OK, this is uh, and, and, and it, obviously you still have to close out Seattle, but you have to close out Seattle. But this is the type of game where if the big thing happens at the end of this whole thing that you really want to happen, this is the type of game where you look back and you think, hey, game five against Seattle Chase Robertson found his game and then everything changed. Like this is the type of thing where you now he could disappear again in game six and can be complete a non-factor. But if this is the turning point, it can be a turning point for some very potentially good things for the stars. Flow. We asked at flow Weezer 55 with games mid May and possible June. How's the ice at the AAC? They actually do a pretty good job. Um, it's you're ready for something kind of funny, actually the ice, this, uh, I, I think his name is Cody. I got to double check, but the, uh, the old ice manager who ran the ice at the AAC, I'm 99% sure his name is Cody. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, he's from Seattle. He went to Seattle before, uh, when, when, when climate pledge arena opened last year, the, or in last, the prior season, they hired him away from Dallas to uh, run the ice operations in Seattle. So if uh, to give you an idea, so if the ice is, is run so well in Dallas that the, <laughs> that the fr- expansion franchise who could hire anyone to build their ice hired him away. And from what I've heard, the ice in the AC has still been good. It, they, they do a really good job. They do a really good job with the ice there. Um, the building is also um, one that is conducive to good ice conditions. And I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist on this. I've just been told that. So I, I don't have the science to back that up, but I've been told that the building sets up well for keeping it colder, basically, uh, to, uh, to, to, to deliver the, uh, to, to deliver good ice. Um, so, uh, it's not, 
it's funny because like you look back and you talk to and this is probably a question you should ask 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 Lutz on on a, on a later episode of just ask him about reunion uh ice conditions in june and may because i've heard some stories about how much nicer the late season ice got after after the new building after they changed buildings in this oh region. really okay yeah. yeah i'll definitely i've asked him about the old boston gardens and he just threw out like five straight swears because <laughs> you know they're battling the bruins and all of a sudden they have to stop play and they have to like do like a what you know what would be the equivalent of uh, a free skate where they all just skated around the ice to lift the fog um, but Ludge just has these theories about the old Boston garden that he's like, you know, during the summer, they made it really hot in the locker rooms. You know, it's just, you know, they didn't turn the heat on during the winter. It's just all these great garden stories. So I'll ask him about reunion compared to the AAC. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Charles, uh, at Charles D Ward says more hardly on the rush. Hey, we agree, Charles. Uh, not a question, but obviously, right? Also, Foxa harnessed your slander from a while back and saved it for these playoffs. <laughs> not really any questions, but I really do appreciate this podcast after, after every game. Thanks, guys. Stars and six. <laughs> I, I wish I, I could have, take credit. I have a funny erotic story just that's going to prove that he pays no attention to anything. Uh, and I love I love Roddick Foxa. He's a uh, he's a big uh, he's a big Dortmund guy. Uh, first he's a big soccer fan we always ah. and I, I always talk about that he's he's also one of the Roddick is the most superstitious one of the most superstitious hockey players I've ever been around um, whenever this he has to have for example he has to have a seat in the locker room that views the clock like the equipment guys know when they're setting up a locker room in the road arena they have to make sure that Roddick's stall has a clear view of the clock because it's part of his superstition and all of that stuff uh, but he also does not read or listen to anything else outside. Um, when I, him and I were, when I talked to Roddick later in there, he, he, he doesn't know where I've worked or written for ever in the entirety of the time I've covered him. I've covered him for a decade and Roddick Fox doesn't know where I've ever written once. So to give you so <laughs> as much as, as much as I, as much as we could love to uh, claim that uh, maybe we had something like, he lives in his own world in a good way. His consumption in the media world, the only way he would ever see it is who's in the Czech media. So uh, so unless there's a Czech uh, Dallas Stars podcast out there, uh, <laughs> uh, Roddick's not listening to it. 